at first uh, it seems all that clear or real for us. It's like with uh, anatta, the, the using the reflecting on the non-self is going against the whole cultural programming of the mind, which is very much based on sense of a, a kind of permanent self. The self view, the 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 uh, the whole uh, sense of me as a personality is so strong, so real uh, in terms of how I uh, would ex interpret experience and interpret life from my from the things that have happened to me, like writing one's. Uh, Autobiography. Uh, one, you have to. I'd have to. Somebody want me to write my autobiography. I have to, you know, go back into that mode of uh, I was born uh, in such and such a place at such a time to these parents, and all about me as a personality, my development, my experiences that I can remember. And uh, so this is, uh, uh, we find that quite interesting even, thinking about ourselves as a kind of uh, personality that, that grew up and uh, is now somebody who is now writing down the, the story of their life. But in terms of Dhamma, then there's no history. Because uh, personality isn't seen as a continuous kind of uh, ongoing uh, experience. Uh, it's uh, you know it's it we see things in terms of uh, of direct experience, such as the there's the feeling, the sense of self, the the memory, the emotion that arises in the present, arises and ceases in the present. As as conditioned phenomena, and as and when you uh, examine it, really observe it for what it is, it doesn't have any kind of continuity to it. It's it's merely something that that ha that comes and goes according to other conditions. For example, to to remember something, you have to have the supporting conditions for that memory, uh, so that. Or any the for a certain emotion to arise, we have to have the supporting conditions for for that emotion to arise. Uh, if we don't have permanent emotions or permanent memories, but yet we can assume that uh, you know, in the terms of the personality view, the sakaya ditti uh, of the the that we uh, strongly believe in and, and identify with and, and many people never question its reality. We see it as a kind of, uh, we can believe in an ongoing personality that has, was born and grows up and is now this age writing this autobiography. On a conventional level, we can we can put this in the sense of conventional reality. Uh, 
samuti satcha, which is uh, means that we don't deny this is just you know just uh, push it aside as something uh, that we we dismiss. But where we're now looking at it in terms of what it really is, in terms of direct experience, then it doesn't hold any real weight or have any real strength uh, in terms of direct experience if we're observing it, if we're aware of it as it is now. It's interesting to notice how, I, I, you know, I used to, uh, when I started meditation, it was over, it was about 34 years ago, uh, I was observing how how I could um, feel strong emotions about things that happened years before, things of the past, just by remembering them and then dwelling on them in a sense of feeling wronged or uh, being exploited in some way or being abused in some way or being uh, misunderstood and how uh, I could be sitting in a forest in Thailand, uh, completely, uh, you know, with none of those conditions present, uh, but remembering something that happened 20 years before, and could get uh, get the same all the you know feel all the the, the uh, emotion. I could wind myself up with the, by dwelling on it in terms of being unjust, unfair, not right. In, I could get indignant and get angry. Now where does that come from? When, uh, you know, what, what is that all about? That we can uh, spend our lives just being angry about something that happened 40 years ago. <coughs> so it makes you contemplate, it makes you wonder about you know, life, uh, how to look at it, how to examine life uh, rather than just uh, just be uh, repeating the same uh, things over and over again until you die. Caught in the in these aramana, in these mental objects uh, without any way to uh, say free ourselves from the power of those delusions. So in this way, the, the mindfulness is this bringing into consciousness the way it is, not in terms of of uh, the quality, in terms of whether it was right or wrong, or should or shouldn't have been, or fair or unfair, but in terms of it as direct experience. It's this way now. Memory is like this. Uh, emotion thought. So this uh, mindfulness is the ability of tuning in to the present, this opening the mind and uh, in a being in a putting the mind, putting ourselves in a receptive state, the observer, the witness, the knowing state, knowing 
that uh, in uh, that the condition that is present, whatever it is, right or wrong, good or bad, is. It, can you sustain it? Can can goodness be? Is goodness permanent? A good condition or a bad condition? Right or wrong? Or is it, can you find any real uh, kind of core, solid core, or real essence, or any substantial thing in regards to them? And just by contemplating this way they become even more ephemeral. Because, of course, mental phenomena is very, you know, very evanescent and, and it, uh, very changing. The more you, you look at it directly and see it for what it is, the less, uh, it, uh, less real it, it actually is for us. It, it seems real when we, when we believe in it, when we never question it, when we merely either indulge or resist it. People ask how to deal with, with uh, anger, with jealousy, or with fear, uh, with lust, with, with uh, doubt and worry, how to, how to stop worrying, how to get rid of anxiety or self-consciousness because the, the, uh, these, of course, uh, make us suffer a lot. We're always feeling the sense of, of danger, of, of something wrong, of uh, just uh, the, the angst and the sadness and the and the anxiety that hang that can hang around a human individual, even when uh, life is uh, not particularly fraught and not particularly dangerous in the present. Like in a monastery, isn't it? Like a place like Amravati, or Buddhist monasteries, they're quite safe places to be. You know, basically, in the, on this planet, you know, you're with you know, people who have every intention of being moral and trustworthy. So you're, you're in a place where at least people, you know, you're not, you're not living among uh, kind of people who are here to, to uh, for doing, wanting to do bad things or wanting to lie or cheat or steal or abuse us in any intentional way. Rarely is that the case, uh, then the uh, conditions are such that it is, uh, you know, everybody uh, ha wants to, to have taken a kind of int intending themselves to not be use violence in any way. Certainly, we, we're non-violent, uh, at least we're trying to be non-violent, and uh, we're celibate, so we're not uh, here trying to uh, uh, seduce or exploit anybody for uh, sexual uh, desires. And still, the amount of suffering one can create in a monastery then is uh, enormous uh, because, not because of the nature of the mind. And even in the midst of security, safety, morality, 
uh, uh, where people are trying to say be fair and honest and so forth, the this still doesn't uh, this this even reflects maybe the conditioning of our mind, how much paranoia we have, how much fear, how much uh, anxiety uh, that we have. And, and, and when we can't particularly blame it on anything or anybody in particular, then we, we begin to maybe see it in some perspective. See it as a mental state that is uh, uh, that rather than as a reality. Morality itself, the sila, is, uh, is, is, an, is an important kind of foundation for this life because we need that, that something, uh, agreements on, on action and speech so that uh, we all agree to to kind of uh, live in a way that uh, that everybody uh, feels this sense of trust because there is inevitably the the uh, personal problems that arise between people in the, uh, power the, the in regards to power position uh, any form of favoritism or preference competition. Uh, all these uh, things can are still uh, can operate in a in a monastic community. Uh, how to deal with 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 a position of power, or how to be live within a position as a novice or a, a visitor, a lay visitor. Uh, and the, the 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 feelings that women have about being nuns and. and and men as monks and celibacy, and the the relationships of monks to nuns and nuns to monks, and on and on like this can create endless uh, uh, doubts, worries, uh, feelings of of uh, disillusionment or or disappointment, betrayal. In the in the life in monastic life, so the the aim is not to try to uh, remedy or everything all the time, so that everybody feels completely secure, accepted, appreciated. Uh, everything is 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 completely spelled out uh, endlessly, so that that everybody's feelings are considered in all their various details all the time. Otherwise, uh, to have a community this big would be, uh, would be totally frustrating experience. Because uh, we'd be just be dealing with on the level of personality alone, on feelings of uh, my, my feelings, your feelings. <coughs> So when we, if if you know, when we try to work on that level, it's just an endless uh, struggle because uh, feelings are very kind of uh, come and go, and and oftentimes we don't want to feel the way we do. Uh, 
but we, we, no matter whether we like what we're feeling or not, or want to feel that way, this is what one is feeling, like this. And so, uh, I, just in my own experience in monastic life, just living in the Thai forest monastery, uh, where, uh, where the first few years I couldn't even understand what anyone was saying very well. And the, the kind of feelings that would arouse, feelings of, I could get very paranoid, could feel very suspicious, or uh, because um, I didn't know oftentimes what people were, were saying, and <coughs> various, uh, and, and having to live in a structure, in a, in a, in a structure based on seniority would bring up all kinds of rebellious feelings or feelings of being uh, kind of left out, not a feeling of being alienated from the rest, of being the foreigner, the, the one who doesn't quite fit in and all that, these kind of feelings. Plus the I inevitable ones of jealousy and, and liking, disliking, and, and uh, you know, my conceited attitudes that would arise uh, inevitably about uh, myself and my, my own uh, background compared to the others. But in the, through meditation, then this w these were, uh, these kind of feelings, these kind of emotions began to uh, I was encouraged to look at them in terms of direct experience rather than analyze them uh, and try to, uh, in, you know, give them any more kind of power and importance uh, in their quality, in but looking at them for what it really is directly in the present. So that, uh, that was quite completely new way of looking at life for me because I'd, I'd never really uh, seen uh, or recognized the possibility of, of doing that. So it did give me then even the, the, the sometimes the disadvantages of being a foreigner and not being uh, and being uh, not understanding things all that well or not fitting in all that well would could I could even reflect on these these kind of feelings uh, in terms of direct experience rather than than give them importance as uh, real my my personal problems and my something that is really mine and that would uh, say give me that sense of uh, would reinforce the sense of, of self-importance, my, my feelings as being the important issue. The, um, consciousness itself, they, being a conscious being, they say this is, uh, this experience of consciousness is uh, 
is used now, say, in this way, with wisdom. The, and so it, it, the, the importance of, of contemplating experiences Dhamma, say, is using wisdom. Using, uh, and wisdom is, uh, is something we're learning how to use rather than something we're getting or acquiring. I always like to contemplate that wisdom is, is natural to our state. It's not, not something we don't have uh, and that we have to get. It's something maybe we don't use. This is how I contemplate it. Maybe I use ignorance uh, and, and uh, conceit and uh, selfishness and fear and desire as, as how I interpret uh, experience in the present. Or is there another way to do it? And of course, in terms of Buddhist, uh, Buddha Dhamma, then it's using wisdom, contemplating the, the experience directly, because experience is now, isn't it? It's not, not a matter of time of tomorrow, but of now. So we're not trying to do something now in order to be able to deal with some something uh, that might happen in the future. But it's a very direct uh, observation and openness and receptivity to uh, the way it is now. So in, in our when we reflect on Dhamma, like in the evening puja, we say santidiko, akaliko, ehi pasiko, opanayiko, bhajatang, vaitidapo, vinyuhi. These reflections on the Dhamma, apparent here and now, timeless, encouraging investigation, leading onwards to be experienced individually by the wise. So, like Dhamma, Santidiko Dhamma, apparent here and now. It's now. Timeless. Akaliko. Uh, time is, is, uh, is, the, is what we believe in on the personal level. As a, personal, as a person, I have a history. I was born, I grew up, and... Uh, and uh, and so and I will die in the future. And that's uh, in terms of conventional reality as a person, but in terms of uh, akalika dhamma, timeless reality, uh, there isn't any any birth or death. Uh, there's conditions arising, ceasing, and so. So there's not a, a, a kind of solid person uh, or soul that was born, uh, grows up, and then dies. It, that is what we would refer to as conventional, as a convention only, not as paramatta satya or ultimate reality. So now we're, we're say, in, engaged in, in looking at the the Bharamatta Satya, ultimate reality, the way things are. So the sense of a self, this um, I am this body, I am 
these feelings, I am my my feelings, my emotions, my thoughts, my life. Uh, the the this is this is a very strong kind of emotional pull. So I used to hear myself saying, "What about me? Don't you care about me? What about me? My feelings? Don't you know? Don't you care what I think? My view? My position?" And and just listening to this, how this this uh, using English language, this and what about me and it kind of me kind of re- resonates uh, as a kind of it kind of steps out and, and it has this emotional catch to it. But in reflecting in Buddha knowing the Dhamma, then the Buddha is the knower of this. Buddha is our ability, the refuge in Buddha is the ability to observe this, to just notice this, the feeling of me. What about me? Doesn't anybody care about me? And it's not criticizing that, saying I shouldn't feel that, but it's noticing that that is a condition we are let it be. We're we're allowing it as sati, uh, bringing it into consciousness, but we're not grasping it. We're noticing that it is uh, even the feeling that that emotional pull of me is something that uh, has a kind of uh, um, brief and highly charged. Uh, quality to it, but it definitely, you can't sustain it. It has no real essence in it. No real uh, permanent uh, quality. So, in um, developing meditation, or uh, like in vipassana or insight practices, our refuge is in this awareness, mm. which is a cool place. This this place of knowing the way it is. Knows the heat, knows the anger, knows the indignation, knows the fear, knows the anxiety, knows the worry, knows jealousy, knows envy, confusion, and all the rest. So we, and and that knowing, uh, we can't get behind it. You can't, you can't uh, know the knower. You can only be that. That's the, the being of that. To be mindful, be aware, be the knowing, rather than than try to find uh, the knower. Because in terms of uh, Reality in the present is where you know just uh, the the condition of being a conscious entity in the universe, just being a human being, one human individual entity in the universe is uh, taken personally is one one thing, 
and that it's too, it's too much to handle on a personal level because the universe, well, the more you kind of look at it uh, from a personal position, it, it, it's just all mind-boggling uh, and so vast and terrifying because it, it, it seems so overpowering to such a kind of delicate and fragile condition as this, this entity here. But uh, in terms of knowing, say, this pure state of knowing, learning to trust it, learning to, to uh, recognize it, realize it more and more as a refuge, something that you can always trust, no matter uh, what the conditions might be. Whether you're in a monastery or in the den of thieves or uh, on a battlefield or prison, mountaintop, whatever. This is a refuge that, that you can, uh, that you can always trust. But to be able to trust it is not, not holding on to some idea of refuge, but because that's, it's not an idea not some kind of abstract idea or ideal that you you've got to you, you know you've got to find as an object. It's more like an imminent act in the present. Learning to trust yourself and learning to sustain awareness in the present. This sense of listening, of attention, just bare attention, listening openness, receptivity in the present. And to do this, of course, is to, it, when you're trying to do this as an act of will, then you, you're holding on to an idea about being mindful, and so, and so you, you, you've got these ideas about you've got to be mindful and, and bit pay attention in the present, and then you try to make yourself operate according to some idea where that doesn't work. So it is, it is really just learning to relax the sense of just a simple act of, in, of paying attention, of listening, of openness. And even if at first it, it doesn't seem like much, and it might uh, we aren't used to, to to trusting in anything that simple, uh, unless maybe under particular conditions where we where there's absolutely no threats, and we don't have to. We're not in any position where we have to prove ourselves or be anything for anybody. So you find yourself in you know, in a place where uh, you you don't have to impress anybody. You don't have to be an example to anybody. You don't have to prove anything. Uh, you, you can just relax and just be yourself, as we say. And, uh, and then, uh, then sometimes we have moments of relaxed attention, but, it, but we connect it to, uh, to where, we, where there's nothing threatening around us.
But learning to develop this, say, say in a monastery, where, say, in a monastery, uh, what is it like living in a Buddhist monastery with all these linear rules? And, and they, they kind of, uh, you know, we've, we've always, uh, you know, this idea of community life, of having to live with other people, having responsibilities, duties, responsibilities, uh, have a position, whether we're junior, senior. Uh, we have, uh, uh, you know, uh, we have to, we're supposed to hold ourselves in a way that we're not just kind of hanging out uh, in, and, and in, a, uh, in a way that uh, we have to learn how to sit straight and not pick our noses in public. <laughs> And uh, look good, and and uh, um, be inspiring examples. Sometimes we feel we have to be uh, examples to others. So in this, in this, uh, monastic life can seem quite, uh, uh, you know, a, a ongoing sense of tension because. Uh, where, how can we relax if we're out front, people looking at us, people expecting things, people criticizing us, people admonishing us uh, in, a, in, a, in a community. But this, this mindfulness, this relaxed attention isn't like letting everything hang out. It's not just relaxing into just uh, a kind of indulgent behavior, just doing what I feel like right now and, and just not caring about how it's affecting anybody else, but just, just being compl- what say, completely natural and uh, uh, just following my mood, whatever that mood might be. I just learning to say, develop a, a kind of uh, um, poise, uh, a mindfulness uh, and a kind of presence uh, around bodily posture and, and uh, movement, relationship to objects, to, to arms bowl, to robes, to uh, place we live in, relationship to each other uh, in uh, the community and in the, the society. So all these things are a part of the practice in terms of learning how to, to uh, mindfully reflect and to develop, uh, say, an, a way of, of living that is, is not reinforcing personal uh, habits uh, if, if they are uh, habits that tend to irritate or be uh, go against the the um, ambience of the of the of monastic life, but learning how to adapt, how to how to uh, uh, say adapt our behavior in a way that uh, it is a, a, a silent presence. Not, we're not here to kind of 
uh, these kind of wonderfully charming uh, personalities, uh, you know, scintillating uh, beings that that are, uh, uh, you know, entertaining and interesting people. And it's moving toward silence, toward uh, towards where the the personality is not the 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 thing that we are trying to promote and develop, but to be able to look at it, to be able to recognize it in terms of its uh, what it is in the present. So the like the Buddha images we have, the like the 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 Buddha Rupa, that. Um, that also is a is a kind of icon for for us and, uh, as a kind of uh, poised example of relaxed attention. And it's they're trying to uh, cast these images so they have good posture, but they're not sense of tension or stress, but of poised awareness. Their eyes are open. They close their eyes. They're aware, they're present. And the idea of that is what the, the iconography is about, to give that sense of presence and attention, openness, receptivity in the present. As you open your mind to the way it is in the present, you know, one of the basis, basic practices is bodily awareness. So, so it's interesting to just notice how awareness affects your physical condition in the present. So just by paying attention, uh, noticing how, how your, what your body's doing right now, how it feels, uh, you, you, you start noticing uh, maybe a, a kind of tensions in the body or or uh, stressful ways that you hold your body, and as you as these as these be, uh, become conscious, these are made conscious. Then uh, we're not trying to kind of sit in a posture uh, according to some ideal that we have and make our bodies fit into some something uh, some image we have of ideal posture, but learning to reflect and observe the tensions, the pain, the, the way the body is, the pressures, the heat, the, the cold, the, the sensations in the present. As we do that, as we're more attentive and aware of the way the body is in the present, then the body seems to uh, has a, has its own ability to to adjust itself. That's what I've noticed. That the more I trust in just awareness of the body, uh, the the better the body feels. That it has, then it 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 can it can uh, it's like giving permission for it to to find its own comfort without me with my personality uh, and the sense of what I want my body to do interfering. 
And you know, remember you know, how willful one can be about one's own body, trying to make it do something, uh, and trying to make it sit straight. So you use the willpower. You've got this idea of what good posture is, and so you make it. You make your body sit up straight, and then so you're forcing it into maybe some kind of tense posture that you can't sustain. You, know, you can only do that for a while, and then it gets. Uh, you can't, it, it won't balance, it won't sustain itself like that. You've just got to keep kind of willing it to do that. So in this sen- a sense of refuge, of awareness, mindfulness, knowing, Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, Buddha is the ability to know in the present, knowing the way it is, the Dhamma is the way it is, and then the Sangha, this is the this physical being here, this, this, this uh, entity uh, that is, uh, that is uh, taking refuge in, uh, that, that's the, the Sangha isn't a person, isn't it? But it is uh, like a, uh, a sense of all of us all who are practicing in the right way, the supatipano, ujjapatipano, practicing what is good, what is direct, what is right, what is proper. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not uh, personality, it's not an emphasis on personality, but on uh, the, the, uh, the intention that we all share, which is the same intention, is it not to not to be, uh, 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 you know, uh, emphasize our unique qualities as personalities, but to practice in order to realize the truth as individuals, entities. So it's taken into the, pra- the fact that this the human condition, the, the uh, fact that we're all separate individuals, all separate entities, conscious entities that are living together. And we all have our own karma. So karmas are different, you know, how I, how I would interpret some incident and you would interpret some incident can be totally opposite. Just, you know, when you discuss things with people and you think, well, how did you, uh, when you saw that happen, how did you, what, what did you think? And then sometimes you're amazed at what some, how somebody sees something. You, your view of it was totally different. So our commas, you know, what the, the things that, that, uh, that say, interest or inspire me or make me frightened or feel insecure or threatened or, or um, worried or anxious or confused. Uh, it's not always going to be the same for everyone, even though we all have these emotions, yet uh, these emotions aren't what we're uh, experiencing usually coincidentally and at the same time. So, in the terms of community life, then these different conscious entities are kind of, there's always this kind of 
sense of irritation or frustration or aggravation or bewilderment or uh, misunderstanding or whatever because uh, because of the just the, the differences of of uh, say our comic experience in the present but in terms of sangha we're the same the same refuge in buddha dhamma sangha so that gives us the common refuge of uh, through awareness in which then we can deal with the idiosyncratic qualities of um, our own individual karma and how to how to uh, say learn from that how to resolve it how to un- uh, understand it how to develop the path through the particular karmic uh, conditions that that each one of us has So this is quite an interesting way to look at it. When it's not like, not like a military unit where you, uh, you if you go, if you're in the military, then you, you know, I remember going to boot camp when I was 19 years old in the Navy. We arrived in San Diego Naval Base, and we're from all over the United States, young boys, really, 18, 19 year old boys all looking in different some had uh, some were from 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 arkansas from alabama from who knows <laughs> from places you know them had funny accents not normal accents like i had they had they had uh, uh, you know some were, were were like people that never combed their hair some looked absolutely kind of filthy like they they'd never learned how to take proper care of themselves and others were quite uh, immaculate and, and uh, presentable in, in terms of my standards. But we were all kind of more like sheep going through sheep dip. We had our heads shaved and put into dungarees. And I remember that first time looking at each other with all that kind of our, our personal individual idiosyncrasies were removed so the way we dressed or hairstyles and all that and that was gone then suddenly we're in these baggy dungarees you know they looked like plucked chickens chickens without feathers that's how it felt like kind of and 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 we all felt terribly uncomfortable and and kind of frightened and didn't know what what was going to what we were going what they were going to do to us. They were given big boots, harsh leather boots. That the first few weeks I had to deal with the terrible blisters on my feet. These boots were so coarse. And then we were, you know marched and and pushed into various drills and and uh, called everything under the sun in various uh, uh, ways that uh, you know various adjectives that were not very flattering and uh, you say idiot and you say yes sir 
answer somebody says idiot and then you say yes sir uh, and so you you learn how to kind of conform the idea of, of conformity of not being uh, any kind of unconformity was unacceptable you know it was punished in some way you were humiliated or punished or any kind of idiosyncrasy or 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 un, un, in a inability to conform because in a military unit you need that you need that kind of conformity where you're taking this disparate group of of kind of uh, crude young young men and uh, trying to make them into a, a unit a fighting unit uh, a company that will march in step go together do all the things when they're on command and they say uh, do we had to practice all these different things with rifles, 16 uh, count manual, and we had to move it around in, in according to to a rhythm and march in step for hours, stand at attention and salute and all the rest. So at the end of uh, boot camp training, we were all primed for being one company. And some were kicked out of the company because they couldn't do it. And, and, and he had a sen- I had a sense of pride of being have been able to get through it. You know, I mean, one of the one of the boys, one who got through into the company, into the unit, and they had a very strong sense of uh, male bonding, as they say now. So that, in in some ways, that had a, a you know a quite a a, a um, it was quite inspiring. Actually, the rest of the naval life after boot camp was pretty depressing because uh, once you got out of boot camp, then the kind of grumbling uh, attitudes, the complaining mind, and wherever I went in the navy, everybody just complained endlessly about everything. You, you just complained and blamed uh, for the rest of the next three and a half years, griped endlessly. So, uh, but in actually, the the boot camp training uh, I found quite inspiring, quite challenging. Then, say in say compared to monastic life, which in some ways. Uh, it looks like the same kind of conformity, you know, the the uh, the, the uniform and the shaven head and the and the uh, everybody's supposed to, you know, we we have these rules that we all keep and and uh, a lifestyle based on on external conformity. But it's not to be a fighting unit, is it? It's not to 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 bond us as as a unit uh, of uh, human beings to to just uh, kind of march in step and uh, for for you know the idea of course for military is to that's what you need for war for warfare but this is this is a conformity that just makes life simple uh, so we're not endlessly Kind of dealing with, with all the uh, differences, uh, personal needs and 
personal differences endlessly promoting uh, this over that or or through competition or through uh, you know um, uh, emphasizing a, a person a, a certain type of personality as being what is uh, what we should all become a certain type of person or a certain have certain qualities as a person as a human being that uh, we're all trying to to create and become but the the emphasis of this conformity is to simplify so that our minds aren't endlessly caught up in conflict and competition and trying to become but to actually reflect on those those tendencies They're able to see uh, the self-view, the the um, the uh, the way that maybe a particular uh, monk, the, the eccentric eccentric behavior of of a monk or a nun, or the the irritating habits of somebody, or the uh, say in the, in the sangha here, it's so multinational, and some we're all from different nations and ethnic backgrounds and age groups and so forth. So there's a lot uh, to that could really yeah, kind of frustrate, irritate, aggravate on the cultural level and things that we, we have different cultural expectations. But this isn't trying to promote a cultural conditioning but a way of training the mind to develop this refuge, this awareness to develop wisdom. And y- wisdom is universal, it's not cultural. Buddha wisdom is a, is a universal, it's not, not, a, not something that, that uh, is culturally conditioned. That's why I say it's learning to use it rather than to acquire something like Buddhist wisdom as if it were from India. But it's uh, some kind of cultural wisdom that that developed in India out of Indian culture, because uh, Buddha wisdom is 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 uh, is natural to this state of uh, of this human state. It, whether it doesn't matter what culture it uh, it's in, it, the wisdom is. Learning to is is through opening, through uh, watching, observing, investigating experience, through intuitive awareness, through observing the characteristics of conditioned phenomena, being able to notice the the changingness, the the impermanence of thought or emotion, feeling, pleasure, pain, material world, sight, sound, smell, taste and touch. So this is uh, 
opportunity this evening uh, the, to see the, the uh, I find uh, just uh, how important it is to to have the occasion like this to where this emphasis is is encouraged the mindfulness not sitting here till midnight trying to get your samadhi that, that attitude of trying to get samadhi doesn't work not just trying to get something you don't have it's better to notice that 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 kind of uh, feeling that you've got to get something that you don't have uh, to to really investigate that that kind of impulse that habit of I've got to get something I've got to get my practice together uh, that whole feeling of that you've got to do something uh, be more from the immediate present of just noticing any any compulsive attitudes you might have or any kind of desires uh, in regard to your practice not to to criticize them, not to say you shouldn't have them, but to really uh, observe what what it's like to be what it's like, what desire is like as experience. And the and the compulsivity, say of this feeling of obsessiveness of trying to get something or get rid of something. And to trust in the your ability to to observe it, to make it, to allow it to be conscious and to be experienced. Rather than uh, seeing it as something uh, that um, you've got that you shouldn't have, seeing it as the path and the present through learning to receive and welcome and embrace the present no matter what qualities or conditions are happening for you in the present to be uh, to be that Buddha knowing the Dhamma in the present so I offer this as a reflection for you Thank you.